It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. pad for us to get to the next level and what we do and what we have a passion for. Now we're a little bit outside of our regular scheduled program, which is on Fridays, usually at 10 o'clock Mountain Time, 12 o'clock on the East Coast. I have an upcoming trip to Washington, D.C. on Friday that's uh, uh, allowed me to uh, come on a couple days earlier this week and, uh, have, a, and have a program here uh, with you all. And uh, again, we're on Blog Talk Radio, a wonderful uh, system. If you want to get on and start uh, broadcasting over to the Internet on your own, it's, go to blogtalkradio.com. You can sign up right away for a free account, and it's a wonderful service. And, again, just get your voice out there to the Internet. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that with Troy White here in the next few minutes. But a little bit of housekeeping. We do have the call-in lines open. We're gonna, we are expecting a um, high call volume today for people listening on the phone and those listening on live. So I have the chat session open on Blog Talk Radio. You'll see that in the uh, on the website, there's a chat session. You can go ahead and we can meet up on there and we can ask the questions and, and hopefully get the answers to uh, you know, what's going to be uh, on, the, on your mind when we get into the importance of marketing and uh, you know, having a cooperator because my good friend Troy White will be joining us is definitely one of these gurus when it comes to that. And we're also going to talk about the upcoming Wild West Wealth Summit that's happening in Calgary here uh, this month. So we'll, we'll probably share a little bit of time on, on each of those topics and why you should be in Calgary uh, uh, around mid-June to uh, attend the Wild West Wealth Summit. Anyway, one other piece of housekeeping before we begin is for the small business IT pros that are listening, uh, the Microsoft Worldwide Partner Conference is coming up July 7th to the 11th in Houston, uh, Texas. What a wonderful place to be in the middle of July is Houston, Texas in, in the summer. But go to the Microsoft website today and sign up uh, now for the uh, Worldwide Partner Conference. Again, it's one of those one of those things you got to do as uh, IT professionals and business owners to get out there and network. Anyway, I want to introduce my good friend uh, Troy White, who's joining us here. He's a fellow Calgarian, and we're going to talk for the next uh, oh, next 40 minutes, 50 minutes, or an hour if we use all up our time on the importance of marketing, uh, having a great copywriter on your team, and then we're going to talk about his upcoming uh, summit uh, this month. So, welcome, Troy. How are things with you? I'm great. How are you, Stuart? Uh, I'm doing wonderful. It's been a while since we chatted, so uh, thanks for taking some time to uh, join us this morning. Uh, oh, my go pleasure. Ahead, go ahead and introduce yourself, because I'm sure there's a, you know, I know the guys in our IT circle that are listening uh, probably have uh, probably never heard of you before, but give us a bit of a history of who Troy White is. Sure. Um, and it's actually interesting that we're, we have a number of people on the IT, from the IT world. That, that's actually my background. Um, when I finished university, now I finished with a business degree, but I went into the IT world. Um, I started working in the IT world with Hewlett-Packard back, um, whatever that was, early 90s, I guess it would be, and went into their sales division, and I helped sell their high-end computer systems, uh, anywhere from you know $20,000 systems up until the multiple million-dollar systems selling to large corporations, a lot into the oil and gas industry like Shell and Imperial Oil. Uh, Northern Telecom was a big big client. Um, but So I, I was in the computer field for a number of years and actually I went from the hardware side selling the different computer systems to the software side I helped sell multimedia. Uh, right when the internet was starting to take off back, this would have been around 1995, uh, right when the internet was just starting to be used a lot more by by the average business, uh, some people were putting websites up. Uh, I got involved in the multimedia industry, and through there, helped open up a number of new different offices for people. Traveled around the world, um, growing the business, and in 
2000, actually, my I had my wife and I had twin daughters that were born. So, any of you that have kids, you know how how quickly things change when kids are born, and and so. I have always had an entrepreneurial itch. It was what put me through my my university education was paid by businesses that I ran during school. Um, it was just a decision at the time to go into the corporate world, which was quickly proven not to be my my direction to follow. But so in 2001, I, I made the choice. My wife and I made the choice that I would leave the computer field and start my own business and. I mean, it was still computer-related. We had some information products that we wanted to sell online, I, which I had never done. Uh, so what was critical was to figure out how do you use the Internet? How do you leverage the, these web pages to sell things? And, and back then, too, remember, um, we didn't have the luxury of audio and video like you do now. You, you could use it, but it was painfully slow for people on the other end to listen to, so it just wasn't being used. So it was the words and the graphics. That, that's all you really had to work with to sell things. And I, being that I came from a sales background, I realized that the words on the website were your salesperson. And, and that still is true to today. You know, they, a lot of people say a picture is worth a thousand words, but it, 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 to some point that's true. In the sales world it is not. You cannot hold up a picture of a product and expect somebody to actually buy it just because of a picture. It does not work that way. Um, you have to tell them what the product is, how it works, how to buy it, how much it is, that type of thing. So I quickly learned the power of the words on the website and, and how critical it was to get the words right. So I started training, learning, you know, self-training at first, just buying books, learning about this thing called copywriting. A lot of people get confused on what a copywriter is and what, what we do. A lot of people think when they hear copywriting, they think it's the legal, putting a legal copyright on something. Uh, that is not what copywriting is. Copywriting is writing ad copy. And ad copy is the wording that goes on when you're trying to sell things. So it can be things as simple as a phone script that's sales copy, your website is your website copy. So any of the words that are designed to help either A, sell things, or be, move a prospect, or a potential prospect even, and we'll talk a little bit about that today. So somebody comes upon one of your advertisements or your websites, how do you get them to take an action? And that action can be you know, picking up a phone and calling you. It could be filling out a form like an opt-in form, and giving up their name and email address in trade for something. Or in, in a lot of cases too, with things I do and I help my clients do, it's actually getting them to buy when they get to a web page or through an ad. And um, so I, I quickly became fascinated with how powerful these words were. And fairly early on, I was fortunate enough to meet up and partner up with a gentleman by the name of Ted Nicholas. And, uh, chances are in the IT world you wouldn't know who Ted Nicholas is. In the copywriting world and the advertising world, he's a living legend. Ted is, he lives in Switzerland now. He's, he, he, he won't, I, I don't know his exact age. I would guess late 70s, early 80s. Um, in his lifetime though, what's really important is that he has sold $6 billion worth of products and services using the words that go on a piece of paper or on a website. So he's got an incredible track record with this. And I was very fortunate to get the chance to work directly with Ted, uh, learn from Ted, have Ted create crit or critique, I should say, the wording that I put together. Uh, we launched a couple books together. We launched uh, a couple seminars together. And I ran his, his copywriting protege program for a year. So, you know, Really, if you think about it, I really got to work with one of the greatest minds in the marketing world right from almost day one, which is a real blessing to me because I saw how a person like that thinks. All the modern day you know, gurus, if you call them that, learned from Ted. And if you look at some of their bios, Ted was one of their main influences. So it was an incredible place to get started. Anyhow, so you know, fast forwarding, what I do now is is I help people launch new products, launch new services, rewrite or reword their websites and their email campaigns and their advertisements to become more effective. 
And you know, for those on the on the on the call that are from the IT world, the difference between the type of marketing that I do and advertising that I do and what you maybe have seen before is that everything I do is measurable. So you can actually and that's one of the nice things about the internet is it gives you a, you a lot more analytical capability than you have when you're doing print type pieces. So every single ad that I write, every single web page or email that goes out, I have a way of tracking the results from that. So right from simple open rates to um, so let's say uh, out of 100 people, 50 open it. Out of those 50, what do they do? Well, we find out that 25 of them actually fill in the opt-in form and four of them actually go to the sales page and um, and buy. So it, it's a very specific number we can work with, and it's called direct marketing. And the, the beauty of direct marketing is that you can measure down to the dime how effective your marketing is. Most marketing is not done that way. It's, it, it, it's a crapshoot that you flip a coin, and they don't really – if you ask nine out of ten businesses, how does your advertising work, they, they will guess. They have no clue what the return on their investment is. Uh, whereas myself, I can tell you down to the penny uh, what, how things are working or what's, wor what's not working and what is. And, and I don't claim to have a 100% success rate. There is nobody out there that does have a 100% success rate in marketing, uh, which is why we test everything. right? Uh, in marketing and the fact that you can measure it with the type of marketing I do, you can have three different versions of, of a web, web page and direct traffic to it, and it can actually split the traffic among the three, and it will tell you this you know, web page A works 12% better than web page B and 32% better than website C. So it really helps you fine-tune your marketing so you maximize your return. And so what I do now is I help people put together and you know, specifically launching new products and services into the marketplace. Um, I'll put together the campaign, the wording, the emails. We'll find lead generation, uh, different, different ways to get targeted lead generation. Which, and the, you know, there's, I, I do a lot of research on marketing and where people need help with. And there, you know, it, there's some real, I, I would say, bad news for Canadians and Americans. There was a survey recently done uh, by an international firm. So this was not done in Canada or the U.S. It had both parties involved, but it was an inter international research team that had, if I remember right, nine different countries involved in the study. And what they looked at was the percentage of business upstarts and then the failure rates based on country. And Canada and the U.S., were two of the the worst the worst rates for success in small business, and what I mean by that is if you had a hundred new businesses start up, Canada and the U.S. had the greatest number that failed. And so, and the, and basically, what it comes down to in any small business, any of you on the call that own a small business, you know, number one is cash flow. If you don't have sufficient cash flow in your business, you cannot grow. You can't pay your bills, and you end up ultimately, if you can't fix the cash flow problem, you close your doors. There's no other option. And so the study goes in, and they looked at why there's such a high percentage of people in Canada and the U.S. that fail, um, you know, based compared to other countries. And number one thing that they found is a lack of marketing, and b, and this is the real critical one, is lack of investment in their education. So, and, and basically the headline of the study says, um, failures may be due to inflated egos, says the economists involved in this. And what they mean by egos is that um, Canadians and Americans, small business owners, actually think they know a lot more about marketing than they do. And not only do they think, think they do, that they're not willing and they're not actually doing the investments in their continuing education. So they're not out there actually finding out if you're in the computer field. They're not out there actually learning what it takes to market a, an IT firm, what it takes to grow a firm, what it takes to generate quality IT leads. If you're in a service business, let's just say um, a restaurant, you're not actively out there finding out what's working in the restaurant world, what actually gives you new clients on a consistent basis, what keeps them loyal to you. and um, you know that, that is 
not good for us here in Canada and the U.S. It's something that we should all be concerned with and we should all, I mean, I hate to say this and it may sound harsh, I don't mean it to, but we should be ashamed of it because the resources are out there. Right? There, there are a lot of great resources out there to learn about how to grow a business better. And if you're not actively, if you're in a business now and you're not actively out there looking for this information and learning from people that have been there before, done that, and, and found a way through the mess, you know, found a way through cash flow problems and that, um, you're completely missing the boat. And uh, so, you know, another thing I just wanted to point out is I actively, I spend on average $30,000, $40,000 a year in my continuing education because of this type of problem. I know that there's people, and you know, it all stems back to a person like Ted Nicholas. I very quickly realized with working with Ted is why should I reinvent anything that, you know, this gentleman has done it all. Why would I bother trying to wing it and figure it out myself when he's already, he already knows it, he's already done it, he's already found a way through it. And you know, he's written books, he's got home study programs with CDs and DVDs. He's got websites. He's got membership programs. So if you're not actively, if you're in business now and you're not actively out there investing in your education, you, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure really is what you're doing. There's a lot of people out there that are willing to help you, uh, a lot of people out there providing, you know, like Ted, he's invested $100 million of his own money in his marketing tests. And those tests and the results of the tests he publishes in his books, his courses, and that. Now, to me, that's a pretty good deal when you're going to spend, you know, fifty or a hundred dollars, let's just say, on on one of his books. Hundred dollars gives you some of the results from a hundred million dollar investment. And so you're, you're a fool, I think, if you're not actually out there buying that type of thing and investing it and learning from it and applying what's already been tested in the market into your own business. So, Troy, um, because what, would say, what would you say, Troy, are some of the biggest mistakes that you know small business owners, and we can wrap IT pros and uh, small business IT shops into that. What are some of the biggest okay. mistakes that they make, though, in marketing? Well, number one, number one mistake that people make, and this is common across the board, and you can ask any business this, cause, and I do, and it's, it's always the same answer, is how do you stay in touch with your customers? Right, and now these, and what I mean by that is people that have paid you at least once for your products or your services. Mistake number one is people don't stay in touch with them, and you know a lot of the, a lot of people they have this fear, and it comes down they, they well number one they don't keep in touch with them because they feel like they're bugging their clients, right? They feel like they're being an annoyance. They feel that their clients don't want to hear from them. They feel that the clients don't really care to hear from them at all. And yet, if you look at the reason customers leave a business, so why do people stop buying from one business and why do they switch to another business? It's the f and, and there's the number, this is a proven number, it was done by a large international study. 83% um, of your clients that actually stop buying from you and start buying from your competition do that because they feel you don't care about them. They feel ignored and unappreciated. So here, that's the big problem, number one, right, is business owners are scared to communicate with their clients. The clients want to be communicated with, and when they don't get communicated with, they will walk away. And a prime example, Stuart, you know the price of real estate in this city. Mm -hmm. It's gone through the roof recently. Um, a friend of mine, a business associate, <clears throat> he recently sold a million and a $1.5 million house, um, and he couldn't remember what his realtor's name was. He had been in the house for a long time, and he couldn't remember what office she had worked for and even what firm. I mean, there's 5,000 realtors in this city, so how do you, you know? So rather than just digging around and phoning 50 offices, he just found a new realtor. Mm -hmm. Now, she lost out on the commissions on a $1.5 million sale because she did not stay in touch with her clients. And I would say that, you know, almost every one of us should be doing a better job at staying in touch with their clients. So that, that's problem number one, is not staying in touch with their clients enough. Um, number two is not generating quality leads. And, and, and so 
this really goes back to the basics of business, which should be basics, but most people, again, it goes back to haven't learned how to do this properly. If you're not targeting a certain type of client, and I always pick on realtors with this because they're easy to pick on. Um, realtors, they when they hang their shingle up and say, I'm now a realtor, I can sell you a house. They basically say, anybody and everybody that wants to buy or sell a house, I'm here for you. And in a city of a million people like we have, and there's 5,000 realtors, every single one of them is saying the same thing. You know, the top 2% of them have their own little areas of expertise, and they probably make more just the top 2% than the other 90, 98% combined. And I don't think I'm exaggerating that at all. I bet you if you actually did the research with the real estate board, you'd confirm that number. And that's the same in every field, right? The top 2% typically makes more than the rest of the 98%. Um, and the, the reason being is they're not targeting a specific type of person. And I can say this because I've watched real – my father was in real estate uh, for a number of years, so I always watch that business. And again, I'm referring to Calgary a lot because I watch what's going on in the business community. Out of a city of a million people, 5,000 realtors, there's only one of them I have ever seen here that advertises herself as a pet lover's realtor. It's a simple little thing she has done. And yet for, I've been watching her for about seven, eight years now, eight years now she has been running this Pet Lovers Realtor advertisement. Not just in one place, she runs it in Kids Magazine, she runs it in the Pet Magazine, she runs it in the Pet Classifieds. She no longer is competing with the other 4,999 realtors. She's saying, if you have a pet, I'm your realtor. So she has decided that's who she wants to sell to. Now, when I tell realtors this story, they're for, and this is the same in every business. I'm just picking on realtors here. But um, when I tell this story, the first response that always comes out is, well, I don't want to target just, in this example, pet lovers. I, I'm going after what happens if they don't love pets. And that's the big problem, right, is businesses are so, business owners are so scared of saying, if you fit this profile, you're a good client. If you don't fit that profile, you're not a good client. That's the big problem with businesses is when they do their lead generation and their marketing, they go after everybody. And that's the worst thing you can do trying to grow a business. When you target a very specific type of person, a very specific type, size, growth rate, etc. of business, you're actually, you can charge more. Um, realtors, of course, they, they don't get to charge more. But I, I can share a number of examples of people that charge a lot more and don't really have competition because they target, they, they know how to target their client. And I'll give an example. At the Wild West Summit here in a couple weeks in Calgary, one of our speakers, his name's Owen Garrett, he's a good friend of mine from Edmonton, He's an artist. Tons of artists out there, and we all know the story about you know the, the tagline, the starving, the typical starving artist. Um, Owen is not starving by any means. He has a phenomenal business growing. They do well over a million dollars a year in his artwork. And um, but how does he do that? Well, number one, he's not just a an artist. He's a colorblind artist, which is even more challenging. So he specializes in black and white. Okay, so that's a little bit of a specialty. But that was really not by choice that he had to specialize in black and white. So what he does is, no, rather than trying to compete with artists, he's decided, I'm not going to compete with them. I'm actually going to compete with the baseball cap, golf shirt, golf ball companies, the promotional companies. So companies, a lot of companies go and they buy, you know, volumes, thousands and thousands of dollars of golf shirts and, and baseball caps, and they give them away to their clients. What Owen does is he has, now he does a couple very unique things. Um, he posi Number one, he's, he positions his artwork as a gift for your clients. So he's not trying to sell one-off prints. He's selling them in bulk. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing he does is you can't just walk off the street and buy his art which is what every other artist does. Um, he's changed the game, which is an important lesson. He changed the way you can buy from him. No longer can you just walk in and buy some artwork from him. 
um, what he does is you actually first thing you have to do is you have to join a membership program. And I don't remember what the amount is. It doesn't really matter. It's a paid membership program that you have to join if you want rights to buy his artwork. And you can't buy the art if you're not part of the membership program. You can't hire him to do commission work, and commission work is customized work, which can range from you know ten thousand up, and he just closed one for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to draw some a piece of art for somebody. Um, so he's completely changed the game, right? He he no longer competes with everyone else. He said, I only want to deal with corporations that that like sending gifts to their clients and. And so um, that would be problem number two, right, is people just are, are so scared of limiting who they market to, and yet example after example after example, I can show you case after case of companies that finally get this and they clue in and they decide, okay, I'm going to specialize in this. I'm going to specialize in this type of client and this type of client only. Um, those ones typically will make anywhere from – you know, five to a hundred times as much money in the same period of time as companies that say, I'm open for business. Anybody that wants to come in, you're welcome. So, you know, those are two of the big problems. Uh, and then number three I've kind of really mentioned is that business owners, they just don't get this one. And I've worked with a lot of companies too in the past, both when I was employed and, and now as I'm self-employed, um, that think of marketing as this dirty word. Uh, which is a fatal mistake because marketing, if it's done right, and a lot of people don't do it right, and I gave some of those reasons why, but if marketing is done right, it will be your best source of leads and sales out of anything else you're doing. You know, a lot of people have cold call teams in that. Cold calling can work, but for the average small business, it's a lot more effective, and that's cost-effective, and uh, results effectiveness to have your marketing materials do the work for you. So they, your marketing materials can go out there and find you the right type of clients, um, convert them, I should say, the right type of prospects, convert them into an interested prospect, and, and you can actually put your prospective clients through systems and funnels to make sure that only the ones that are almost ready to buy get through to you. So you can actually let them do the qualification of your clients. And, and here's, a, here's one example. Um, this is one of my own examples. In Canada, we have a newspaper called Business Edge. It's a very effective way to get into the hands of business people and corporations all across Canada. And um, I have actually been advertising with Business Edge for, I think it's, it's about two years now. And so I run these lead generating ads with Business Edge, and I've been running. What's interesting is when I first started advertising with them, I started testing different types of advertisements, finding out what, which ones worked, which ones didn't work. And so I, every time the thing ran, which it comes out every two weeks, it's a new edition every two weeks, I would first test out a different advertisement that sent people to a different website so I could track what was going on. Um, and then I ultimately I found the the perfect combination. Are you still there? Yeah, we're still here. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I, I pressed a button by accident. No um, so I found the ultimate combination of wording on the on the ad, and then I tested the ultimate. And it does make a difference. The website I sent people to as well made a big difference. It was I can't remember numbers now. It goes back a couple of years, but. It was a big difference. It was like 15 or 25% or something like that. The same ad just with a different website name in it made a 15 to 25% difference in response. So the, the tiniest little things can make a difference. So this ad, I finally found the perfect combination. And I've been running this thing now untouched for two years. So the same ad goes in every two weeks with the same offer, and, it, and the way the offer works is it's a lead generating ad, which is another mistake. A lot of people try and sell from an ad, and they don't give people a good reason to actually contact them. My, my ads that I like to run for lead generation purposes, uh, first thing they do is they offer something of value for free. So in my case, I offer two books on marketing and a DVD that they can watch. And the DVD was a paid seminar I gave. 
and it actually walks them through a formula on how to improve their marketing. And the booklets are actually marketing advice to help you grow a business. And uh, so I give these things away, and there is no catch to it. right? They don't have to pay shipping. They don't have to go through loops. All I need from them is their name and their, and their mailing address, and I mail these out. So there's the difference number two. It's not an ebook. It's not a downloadable audio. Those can work, but with my specific case, what worked best was physical products in the person's hand. And so the package goes out, and what's interesting about this whole funnel is when I've looked back at the numbers, so the, the, um, the people that came through that Business Edge ads have turned out to be by far my best clients. And so they buy more product, they invest more money, they come to my seminars, and they get the most results because they're investing in their education. So, um, so you know, my point is is that I, I'm very specific in the ad too, the type of people I'm looking for. I tell them why I'm doing this. So why am I actually giving stuff away for free? And I get a very very high quality of uh, person that comes to me through that through that whole funnel. And there is that that system that I just described there, it's called a two-step advertising. So the first step is you're asking for their name and address in exchange for something of value. And then the second step is you start, so after they've put, now they've put their hand up, right? They say, okay, I'm interested in what you're doing. I'm not being asked to buy anything right now, but I am interested. And so the second step is now that they've done that and you've delivered what you promised, which is key, um, then you can start following up with people. And, and following up with different sales campaigns, or then you can start doing cold calls, and, and it's no longer a cold call because they're a warm call. They know who you are. They've actually gotten things from you. Uh, so there's a lot of value in that type of a system, and that does apply to every single kind of business to help improve the quality of the leads they get, right? And we all know we, we do we all need a constant flow of new business, um, but if you're not communicating with them you know, you, you're going to be losing them. So you can be losing more than you're gaining by doing lead generation if you're not following up with them. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the problems and solutions that I think most businesses are faced with. And I have to agree with you, Troy, because, I mean, I I went from being the technical guy uh, running around fixing PC for Calgary small businesses and understanding the importance of marketing and and what that does when you have a good momentum marketing-wise, and, and, and I learned a lot from you in, in the past. I just recently uh, you know, ran a, me a meeting last two days here in Calgary for a lot of IT pros and small business IT mm -hmm. consultants. You know, okay. The number one thing that went around the table when we, we asked about marketing, what do they do in marketing? They all, every, almost every one of them said, oh, I just refer, re rely, on, re rely on referrals or word of mouth, and that's the way I get my business. Uh, what are your comments or suggestions when you hear that from people word of mouth? And, I, and that could be a very strategic marketing uh, initiative right. if it's done correctly. Yeah, and, and that's it. I mean, word of mouth and referral marketing is the best kind of marketing you can get, right? Because somebody's coming to you and their best friend said, you know, don't even bother looking around, just buy from this guy. That's that the best kind time. of marketing. Yeah. What's that? That happens to us all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, but here, here's the problem with that type of, if you're depending on referral and word of mouth marketing, um, those same people that say that, I would almost, I, I would bet that if you actually analyze what they're talking about, they really, most of companies that do that have no system in place to, to guarantee the word of mouth referral business. Right, so you need to, I mean, word of mouth, and I have nothing against it. We're going to be talking about it at the summit. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, different systems we use to generate word of mouth and referral business. But if, you're not, if you don't have some kind of a system in place that's constantly bringing you referrals and word of mouth sales, it's not a system, right? You can't rely on it. So let's just say you're headed into a slow season and in the good times your word of mouth and your referral biz, um, systems keep you busy, but in the slow season, what are you going to do? Right? If you're just sitting back waiting for people to refer their friends and family to you and business associates, 
that's not a that you can't rely on that to pay your bills and pay your pay your payroll and things like that. I mean, you have to create systems around it, which is very easy to do. I mean, creating a word of mouth and a referral system into your business and making it part of the marketing funnel is a fabulous way to do it. And you know, where a lot of it comes down to um, is, is word of mouth referral can work really, really well. And people get spoiled by it. And right, so they don't do anything else. So they they invest zero dollars in their marketing and they're very proud of this. But if there's a hiccup and something happens to your referral system, some bad mouth word of mouth goes out or something like that, uh, you can very quickly put your business into the tank by with without a system in place to constantly be generating leads. Well, what I tell all people one, all it takes is one bad hire for that to happen too. Exactly, yeah, and we've—I mean, we've all experienced what happens when you have a bad employee, and you know, you know, for those of us in Calgary, or even—I mean, should say—all of Alberta, um, we have a serious shortage of employees here, and so people are hiring anybody they can right now, um, and I—and I realize that there may be no option; you need staff. But what can happen is that one bad employee that starts treating people really poorly at the door when they're walking into your restaurant, I tell you, that's word of mouth marketing, and that won't be the kind you want. People will say, well, if you want to get treated treated like crap, you can go to that place, but if you want to get treated good, you go over here. right? So word of mouth can work just as fast against you as it can for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but again, you know, leveraging marketing ideas, leveraging... Uh, systems and again, if you look at referral and word of mouth marketing as a as a new form of system you need to implement, then you're onto a something that can sustain your business throughout the good times, throughout the bad times. You know, in Alberta, we're very fortunate; we've got good times, and probably for some time to come. But what happens if that does change? And we all know how quickly things can change in an economy. If you're depending on word of mouth and all of a sudden people aren't spending like they used to or they're not spreading the word like they used to, um, your cash flow can dry up really quickly. So what I like to recommend to people is that they implement like a multi-tiered system. So they have a referral system in place and maybe that's, um, so let's say 30 days after they've done business with you, you send them a gift. Um, 45 days after they first bought from you, you send them a card saying, "We appreciate referrals. We, you know, if there's any chance you could talk to your business or something, you know, the wording. I'm not. I'm just kind of winging it here. But um, you start implementing a system that gets happen that happens, and it happens on the same day of the sales cycle. So after they've bought, here's what happens: five days after, ten days after, fifteen days after. So that's just one of your pillars of your business is the word of mouth and referral business. The next thing you do is you implement a lead generation system, you know, running these types of advertisements like I do. And let's just say you're an IT firm and you're marketing to the small business community and let's say specifically you sell to companies with five and ten employees. So you've got a very specific niche market that you go after. You need to constantly be looking for leads within there. So having lead generation systems in place that pull that the potential clients into your business. And you know, you already know that when they get into your lead generation system that they've got between five and ten employees. Uh, they they do use computers and they are now a good potential customer for you and you and you have follow up systems that keep you in touch with them. Um, and then next thing, let's say you, you implement a trade show policy. So in the IT world you you want to get in, and let's say you're targeting five to ten employees in the oil and gas industry. So you start advertising, or you should say you go to trade shows that the oil and gas professionals go to. And your your signage all says exactly who you target, and they're the people that are at the trade show. So now you have three different pillars in place. So you know, going through the entire marketing funnel, or I mean the entire marketing system, and creating a more sustainable business so that you have multiple things in place so that if one of them slows down, let's just say for some reason or another, word of mouth marketing starts dropping for you. You now have all these other things going on that can help you sustain your business. Whereas most businesses only have one thing going on at a time. 
Um, and if that one thing somehow drops, declines, slows down, whatever, you're in serious trouble. If you've got you know payroll bills to pay, and your your um, your monthly revenues get slashed by 80 percent, that's that's a big problem for a company that can destroy them very quickly. So implementing these you know multi-tiered marketing systems that can constantly be bringing you qualified, highly targeted leads would be you know something I would highly recommend people look into. Okay, I mean that I mean that, that makes sense to me, Troy, because you know at uh, you know networking is one of the key things we do. We get a lot of referrals. I'll tell you, in seven years, I've kind of matured a little bit in our in my networking world. Is that uh, I'm being more selective uh, where I network and when I network, and you know what formal. I mean, you got to be networking all the time. Don't get me wrong. In the lineup at Safeway, at the you know the kids' soccer games, at the gym in the morning, at, at your workout, you got to be networking. But formal networking, I spun my wheels a long time in in different networking groups and organizations that right. really never really paid out. What can you right. what can you say to that? You know, when it comes to networking, again, should we be? I think my belief is we should be networking where our customers network. Yeah, and and I'll say this too. Most networking clubs, and unfortunately in Alberta, we don't have a good. We have too much choice is the problem. We have four thousand networking clubs, and none of them are any good. Um, and I hate to say that. I know that's harsh and negative, but you know it's true. I've been to them, Stuart. I've attended them, and the quality of the attendees, and it, really they go there with the wrong mentality. They're just there, give me leads, give me leads, give me leads. That, that's the kind of business that most networking clubs are in. Exactly. Um, and that's the wrong place to be. That's the completely wrong place for you to be. As a business owner, you need, and you said it, Stuart, you need to find out where are your customers hanging out, not where you're, where the next. Um, Avon ladies, you know, and I, the, the multi-level marketer, nothing against them. I've done work for a lot of them and helped a lot of them grow their business. But it, helping them grow their business had nothing to do with networking clubs, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. It is a very poor way to, rel- to rely on to grow your business. I do not recommend you rely just on that. Um, what I recommend is you find ways to get in front of your target audience. And, uh, and we'll just say, let's just say, we'll go back to the example I kind of made up as we went. Let's say you're targeting small IT or small oil and gas firms with five to ten employees, and maybe it's uh, maybe even more specific a, a geophysical oil and gas related business. If you don't know what type of magazines they read, what type of events they go to, um, what where do they hang out on their you know on their summer vacations? What do they read? What kind of shows do they go to? If you don't know who the buyer is, and let's say let's say if between five and ten employees, maybe it's the owner of the company. They may not even have an IT IT person on staff. If you don't know where the owners of these types of firms are are where they you know, where they are during work hours and where they are after work hours, you don't know who your customers are. And so I have a, a lengthy research process that goes on when I'm first doing work in an industry. Remember, I, you know, in my business, I have to very quickly learn how to get to the right people because I, you know, I've done work for 45 or some different fields and industries. When I walk in, I have to learn who their customers are, where they buy, where they get their information, um, how they make their choices. So I do a lot of this research that most companies don't. <clears throat> But that's number one is you need to really understand who they are and how to get to them because if if you're just trying to go the typical route and go through the um, the front desk receptionist or the executive assistant, well, so are the 400 other IT firms in your market that are competing for that company too. So you need to come up with very specialized, very creative, innovative ways to get in front of the people that you know are the right target. And I guarantee it, if, if we're using that example, it certainly would not be a networking club. They could care less about networking clubs. You may get lucky one time here or there, and somebody that's at the club knows an executive with, at an oil and gas geophysical company with five to ten employees, and they'll give you their name. But you know as well as I, Stuart, that that name you just got is it, it's probably as 
throw it out, right? It's exactly. probably yeah. they haven't even talked to the person. They they're just giving you a name to give you a name. And I'm sure you've seen that too. Lots. And, and I mean, of, I was part of the club. There's a number of guys out there just, just they call them the card hawkers. They're handing out cards, hoping that they, you know, they hand yeah. out a million cards, they're hoping to get one percent hit on that, and and right. they're happy. What I have found, you know, for those listening, is uh, especially in my trials and tribulations of networking, is that you know, I, I the chamber of commerces are, are always good. Uh, again, they have their networking clubs as well. It's kind of I, I would say it falls into some of what Troy just described there. But, you know, they have a number of great speakers. Uh, you know, we have you know government leaders coming in, business leaders, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. That's the type of thing that I find that my clients right. go and see. Uh, they are, they're the ones that you know join groups like uh, Tech or Vistage or you know those right. kind of entrepreneur organizations to, to get them to the second level. So that's, that's yeah. You know, that's what I've learned in my seven years. Uh, I wish I would have known this information seven years ago. But you know what, we did pretty yeah. good. We did we did pretty good, Troy. I can't you know I can't complain too too much. But no, yeah, you have done very well. Actually, and because I have a lot of people on the call too from from you know my net, my network and my everyone my clients and that, um, and they know a lot about my story, but they probably don't know a lot about yours. Maybe could for their benefit, Stuart, could you tell them a little bit about yourself, and also what you're going to be talking about too at Wild West? Sure, yeah, I mean that's great because yeah, Troy, thanks for sending that out to all your all your friends this morning. It was, it was sure. really appreciated. And uh, so my name is Stuart Crawford, and I uh, in charge. I'm in charge of business development for uh, leading Calgary small business IT company called It Matters, and we're a seven-year-old company. We're about 30 people, just shy of the five million dollars in revenue. So we had you know a lot of growth in the in the last seven years, and we we've done fairly well. We're a Microsoft uh, small business partner. Uh, we're a gold certified partner with Microsoft. What does that mean uh, for the layperson out there who's listening? It means that we understand technology, and we understand how. Uh, the right technology solution when implemented properly and uh, following best practices and proven solutions, what the, how big of a positive impact that has on on your small business success. So, you know, we're not a bunch of techie guys, and, you know, and we are technical people, but we're not techies that are, you know, we're just going to put the latest gadget in and hope it works and, and walk away and never support it. We're professionals that focus on delivering the right solution that, that fits small business it's not uh, you know we we believe that the technology that we supply has to fit into the business model that you're in and not the other way around many times we see uh, IT pros oh you know what I'm not even gonna call them IT pros there's a distinction between professionals and technicians there's technicians out there that go and sell the, the PC or the server or a laptop and then your business needs to adjust to fit that technology solution so we are definitely the other way around and you know we're an award-winning organization. We are up for an award this year, the Microsoft Partner Conference in July, uh, for a, a compliance audit we did for one of our clients here in Calgary. So we take uh, technology and the impact that it has on business very seriously, Troy. And at the upcoming Wild West Summit, uh, Wealth Summit, I'm going to be speaking on blogging and the effects that'll okay. have on uh, the demand generation. We've used uh, Web 2.0 strategies in our business. Uh, quite extensively to tap into new resources and new markets that we normally wouldn't have access to, or the casual uh, assistant at an office who's going to look for a new IT provider that you know they're not looking in the yellow pages anymore. They're not looking uh, at billboards as you're driving down the street. They're going to the web, and we right. needed to be on the web first. And you know that's going to morph into new stuff. Uh, around video, we're starting to experiment, experiment with video and how video, putting a video link into our blogs and to our web strategy uh, helps uh, with that millennial that's now sitting in that receptionist or that office admin role and uh, wants to see video. I think we kind of tapped onto it earlier, Troy, when we uh, first started this call. Video is one right. of those new technologies, just like you know having a great copy of an ad. When you could have a, a minute, minute and a half video up there showing what you do, that is, I mean, to me, that's worth 5,000 words of print right there you know, in that one half, minute and a half video. Uh, so right. now, the, now the creativity is going to come in. How do we combine our story in a print type and combine that with a video? So that's what I'm going to be talking about uh, at the upcoming Wild West Wealth Summit here in, uh, in Calgary in June. 
And the date's, I think, 19th to the 21st of June. I think that's off the top of my head. That's that's what it is. Right. Yeah. So it starts on the Thursday night on, um, and we've got a, an incredible speaker coming in to talk about customer loyalty. Rory Fat. He's a world-renowned uh, expert on customer referrals, or sorry, customer loyalty programs. And uh, and I'll say this: I was at a meeting in Vancouver speaking a, a few months back. And a guy in the crowd got up to give a testimonial about what Rory has done. He, this guy was a pharmacist in, in the BC area who signed up to do customer loyalty programs through Rory. And that's what Rory does for a living, is helps people implement loyalty programs. Um, this pharmacist, for every $1 he puts into his loyalty program, so every $1 he invests, he gets back. And I mean, I know it's going to sound unbelievable, but the fact is, this is the guy, it's his business. He gets back, on average, $138 in new revenues. That is a, that's an astounding return on investment. Just because, and it goes back to, why does this work? Well, because they want to know you care, people love a good deal, and a good, solid loyalty program keeps in touch with them. It has a lot of fun with them, birthday cards and birthday discounts and stuff. Um, and it gives them reasons to keep coming back. So anyhow, Rory is talking all Thursday night on customer loyalty programs. And then we kick off on Friday with some real incredible speakers. We've got Ed McNally of Big Rock Brewery. Um, they do $40 million a year. And he's going to talk about how he started in one of the toughest times you can ever start a business and how he's grown it up into $40 million a year in the beer business, which is admirable in itself when your competition is the big boys like Anheuser-Busch. Uh, we also have um, Paul Vickers. If you're not from the area here, you won't know his name, but Paul runs a $50 million a year empire with multiple bars, restaurants. Um, one of his bars has done $100 million in 10 years. Again, that in itself is reason to go. How do you generate in a business that, basically closes their doors every two, three years, the bar business, how has he stuck around for 10 years and made on average $10 million a year? Yeah, he is. But what I asked him to talk about too is, uh, you know, people of course are interested in his marketing or at the bar business and that, but I asked him to give a really key talk and one that I've never heard anyone talk about before. Uh, Paul also owns a very, very successful environmental company as unrelated as you could get from the bar business and the restaurant business. So what I've asked him to talk about is how he took his marketing ideas from a completely unrelated business like um, you know, the bar and restaurants, how he took his marketing ideas from there, and how he took them over and, and made them fit the environmental business, again, as unrelated as you can possibly get. Um, that is a talk, and that is a key point on that people just don't understand. The real success in marketing does not come from poaching other ideas of people within your industry. Real breakthroughs and real success comes from taking ideas in completely unrelated businesses and finding ways to make them fit your own. So that's what Paul's going to talk about. We've got Les Hewitt's doing a whole afternoon on um, focus and implementation. Again, if you're, um, you know, almost every entrepreneur I talk to has this problem: is how do I stay focused? And how do I get more things implemented in my business? So Les Hewitt, he's a best-selling author of The Power of Focus, an incredible speaker. He's doing an entire afternoon workshop just on this. And, and I won't go through each speaker, but we've got people talking about uh, how, how to sell to the women's market. Again, they control the majority of the purchasing decisions, no matter what your industry is. How do you sell to them? Because it's a very specific type of sale, sales model you have to follow. We've got people talk, talking about, Maria is talking about how to use the media to get free publicity. And free publicity is some of the best you can get. It can give you incredible uh, growth, huge credibility too because people believe the media. And uh, we've got people, Melanie Benson-Strick, how do you outsource, how do you outsource parts of your, your business to, and help grow that without having full-time uh, staff on, in, on hand? We've got people talking about your health. We've got Lars Guftason, who's an, an incredible person from Cal Calgary here. Lars runs a multi, I mean, he's trained tens of thousands of people on how to, how to be more productive. Because, you know, entrepreneurs, we get very busy. We, we work a lot. 
Um, we get stressed out, and how do you keep that under control? And so Lars has an incredible talk on, on the thousands of people he's trained, what works, what doesn't work, and uh, how to make sure you're staying at maximum productivity and health too. Because if, if as the entrepreneur and the business owner, if your health declines and you can't run your business, most businesses are in serious trouble. Um, we've got Owen Garrett, of course, he's talking about his, I mentioned him, he's the artist, talking about membership programs. Every single business I know should be incorporating uh, some form of membership program in it. And so Owen's going to share some models for that. Um, we've got, we've got, an, um, and I've got a couple different things lined up for you that you're absolutely going to love. Uh, Sheila Musgrove of Tag Recruiting grew a company from zero to 1.5 million in three years using some very, very creative marketing ideas. Um, and I'm just waiting for final confirmation, but Ellie Drake, uh, Dr. Ellie Drake, she's been on Oprah, mentioned a couple times there. Uh, she's coming up with her tour buses. She's doing a U.S.-wide tour right now. Two big tour buses will be there bringing her whole team into Calgary and to share some of her strategies for attracting the right type of people into your business, the right type of clients, and how to make a very successful business. I helped Ellie launch a new website a couple years ago. We started from scratch, and using some of the systems I'm going to be talking about, uh, we generated a million dollars in her first 12 months. Um, by giving things away for free, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. So, you know, it's wildwestwealth.com, and I've I've made it incredibly valuable as far as the price point. You can bring guests for 50% off, and I think probably what I've done that's going to be the most value to people, and is that I realize what happens at seminars. You get busy. I mean, you you go there, you get a lot of great ideas. Monday morning, you go back to the office. And work takes over. You know, that inbox just is too daunting and you get busy doing it. And then Tuesday comes along, Wednesday. Next thing you know, it's a month later and you have done nothing to implement things. So what I'm doing this year, I didn't do this last year. I am doing it this year because I think it's, it's real key uh, for what people are going through right now in their businesses and the economy and that. Every second week after the summit, I'm going to have, it, have everyone that was at the summit on a conference call, and we're going to talk about one or two strategies that we learned at the summit, and then we're going to actually implement, or I'm going to show you how to implement those strategies into your business. So I'm going to hold you accountable. So you're going to have two weeks to implement a new strategy every two weeks. Now I want you to think about that. In, in the period of three months, that's six different strategies you're going to implement. That's probably more than most businesses have done for their marketing in you know, six years. Uh, we're going to do it in three months. So start thinking about the potential there, what we can do for your business just with that alone, just with the follow-up coaching program. Um, so I've made this you know, an incredible value. This is the type of seminar and a lot of the same speakers that I go and I pay two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000 to go see down in the United States. Um, I'm providing them up here for much less than $1,000. I'm even letting people make payment plans too. So, you know, the, step number one is to take action and just get yourself committed and book your ticket to the Wild West and, and get your butt there because I'm going to make sure you grow your business. There's a $50,000 guarantee. You know, and if you, how, do we, uh, how do we register for that, Troy? So if you just go to wildwestwealth.com, uh, you'll see all the speaker details. There's a lot of it I skipped over just in essence of time. Uh, the registration details, you can uh, you know, bring guests for 50%. You can pay in three payments if you want. Again, so you're really only paying two, less than $300 to, to be there because the second payments don't even start till the summit's over. So you know, think seriously about this. It's only in two weeks, so there's not a lot of time to think about it. But I'm here to make sure this is the best information and practical application and implementation that you'll ever get at a seminar. So, I, you know, I hope you can make it. I really do hope you can make it. And uh, it'll be the best time you've ever had. They're great networking uh, amongst other entrepreneurs that are similar to you. And uh, it'll be an incredible opportunity to just learn from some of the best in the world, multimillionaires that are there to give you their best. And I've told all the speakers it has to be content-filled presentations and you know step-by-step -step blueprints that people can implement. Perfect. And Troy, but, I know that's perfect. We're great. We're, and we're out of time for this week on uh, Small Business IT Radio. So really appreciate 
uh, you taking the hour and, and talking with us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Stuart, and thanks to all of you that are on the call today. And it's all about execution and taking action. So go ahead, go to the, the uh, website, register today, uh, take advantage of Troy's uh, offer here for the payment plan and the after coaching. And you know, it's, life's all about execu- execution. Don't go back. Don't get off this. Uh, listen to this program and just go back to the routine. Execute, right. execute, execute is the key to success. And I can't, you know, I put that into uh, everything I do, into my peer groups that I facilitate, and also on this program. So go back, execute, and we'll see everybody in one week's time on Mobbit IT Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.